0: Hey there, friends. Just wanted to say that today we do have a guest narrator, Curious Raven. She's a fantastic person, very lovely to work with, and very polite and kind, and does a decent job. If you have constructive criticism, please do post it in the comments, as she is still new to this, but disrespect or hate will be removed. Any comments that I deem as going outside of constructive criticism will be deleted. Just saying. That said, all of her links are down in the description. Please do check her out if you enjoy. I think she's pretty good, and she could definitely... Do really well at this if she keeps going, so very happy to have her, and I hope you enjoy. I'm a French Canadian girl that recently found out about this subreddit, and I realized I had a story to share. This night took place a few years ago, while my father and I were living in a small rural town in Alberta. I was fairly new in this town, and didn't know anybody but my dad and his co workers. I'd found a job as a keyholder in a liquor store that closed every night at 2am. My store was located in between a pharmacy and a grocery store, a place well lit where I felt safe most nights, not knowing that this town was actually known for its drug problem and random creeps. This particular night, my co-worker and I had been working late. We needed to finish unloading pallets of liquor since we had another shipment coming in the next morning, at the end of the night, around 3.30am, I told my coworker that she could leave and that I was going to take care of closing down the store, which basically meant counting the till and cleaning up, as she was exhausted and I had the key of the store anyways. After she left, I quickly finished my tasks, took all my stuff, and called my father. At the time, I didn't have a car and my dad would come pick me up every night and bring me back home, which was maybe a 5-10 to minutes drive to my workplace. I have an amazing father. In return, I always made sure to be ready and wait outside of the store for his arrival. I didn't want him to have to wait for me because I knew he didn't have much time left to sleep, since he had to work in the morning. I got ready to get out of the store, set out the security system, and lock the door behind me. Now, you have to understand that I wasn't supposed to finish this late at night, and that once the alarm system was on, I could not go back inside, because the regional manager would receive a security call if I opened the door, and the alarm would automatically start to ring, and I did not have the code to shut it off, since I had never worked a morning shift. The store policy mentioned that if you forgot something inside, you would have to wait until the next day to get it back. As I was waiting for my dad, standing in front of the store, I heard some noises coming from my left, It sounded like someone was breathing loudly. The pharmacy that was right next to my store had these big red columns in front of the entrance, and I thought the noise was coming from around these columns. I looked to my left, but I didn't see anything, so I brushed it off, thinking that it was probably the wind or just my very tired self imagining things. It was almost four in the morning after all, and I had worked really hard that evening. After a few minutes, I heard the noise again. I started getting nervous. It was definitively coming from my left, and this time, I knew it wasn't in my head. At that moment, I noticed a movement and realized I was not alone. A few meters away, on my left, someone was crouched down behind one of the columns. I couldn't see his face, only his hands holding one side of the column, while he was slowly moving his head to look in my direction. I was terrified, completely paralyzed with fear. I knew my father couldn't be very far away from the store at this point, so I grabbed my phone to call him. My dad answered, and I told him to hurry up and explained that someone was hiding next to me and that I was petrified. My dad said that he was going as fast as he could, and told me to grab my keys and to get inside the store. I was trying to find them inside my bag, but I was panicking too much. My hands were shaking, and I just couldn't find the keys for the life of me. I felt completely horrified when I realized that the man had stood up, still hiding behind one of the columns, only a few meters away from me. My voice filled with fear. I asked my dad where he was, He shouted that he was almost there. I started to slowly move towards the grocery store that was to my right, never turning my back to him. The very tall and imposing man looked at me again, but this time, he got out of his hiding spot and started to walk in my direction, with the biggest smile on his face. I can still recall thinking that was it, and I was going to die. I was trying to decide if I should start running for my life or if I was better to face and fight him if need be. But suddenly, I heard a big noise coming from my right. I turned around and saw my dad driving as fast as he possibly could into the parking lot, and turning his high beam headlights on, I believe to startle the man. My feet finally decided to move, and I ran as fast as I could and jumped inside of my dad's pickup. Tears coming out of my eyes, I watched this man looking straight up at us, and slowly waving at my father for what felt like an eternity, but really, it was just a few seconds. The creepy man started walking toward us, and as he got closer, my father finally got a good look at the man and said, Oh my god, girl, I guess you haven't met Peter yet? I didn't understand. My dad started laughing, tears coming out of his eyes while I looked at him, still in complete shock. To me there was absolutely nothing funny at that moment. A few seconds before, I thought my dad wouldn't get there fast enough and I was going to be murdered right there, in front of my workplace. My father waved back at him and we drove off slowly. On our way home, he explained that Peter was a very nice man with a cognitive disability. He said that Peter lived in town and that every morning, He would sit inside the Tim Hortons that was located in the same parking lot as my store, and would ask people if they wanted to get a hug. He apparently did that every day, and everybody in our small town knew him. My dad told me I should give him a big hug the next time I would get coffee at Timmy's, since I probably scared the poor man to death. Either way, Peter the Hugger, I'm so sorry, but let's not meet again. Well... Not while I'm alone, outside at 4 in the morning, anyways.
1: I've read a lot of these on Let's Not Meet Encounters, but I've never actually had one of my own to share until last month. For background, I am an 18-year-old female. In my first semester of college, I've always seemed to get a lot of attention from guys and tend to attract some pretty creepy ones for some reason. Probably because I'm overly nice and have a hard time just telling people to fuck off, even when I get bad vibes from them. Anyway, I decided to get tender over the summer due to quarantine. All of my classes for college are online, so I'm not able to meet many people. I thought if I got Tinder, I could get to know some people from my university and maybe even go on some dates. I got a lot of matches. Some guys were really nice and cool to talk to, and then I obviously got some people just wanting to hook up, which I'm not into, but nothing too abnormal. That's what Tinder is mainly for after all. After a few months, I ended up matching with a guy from out of state. We matched because he was in the area for work, but he was eight years older than me, but I didn't mind. Fresh red flag right there. He seemed pretty nice, and he asked for my snap, so I gave it to him. We talked a little bit. Within a couple of days, he became very clingy and obsessive. I have an extremely busy major, and most of my time is taken up from school. Because of this, I am not always on my phone and cannot answer the messages right away. If I didn't answer, for an hour or two, he would message me again and again. He said things like, why won't you talk to me, are you seeing someone else? I wouldn't be surprised, you are so beautiful and I need you. I thought this was very strange as I just started talking to him and we clarified and we clearly weren't seeing each other. I explained to him that I am very busy with school and, I, and it was nothing personal. He said he respected that and we continued talking. Obviously, that didn't last very long or I wouldn't be writing this story. He continued to text me constantly, telling me he needed me and asking why I was ignoring him. He started talking about driving two hours to see me. I was weirded out but I assumed that he was just lonely and desperate. I felt bad so I tried to brush it off and answer when I could because he didn't really do anything concerning. Stupid, I know. This continued for a few weeks, and I started to get extremely annoyed. I had a bad gut feeling about this guy. He started talking sexual, and I told him I wasn't into that. He apologized and said he would stop. He didn't, no surprise there. So, I started ignoring his messages. He apologized, and I called him out for it. He continuously apologized, and I left him on read. He started Snapchatting me pictures and constantly messaged me, so I unadded him. Then he texted me with another apology and said he hoped taking me on the date we talked about. Even though I never expressed interest in going on a date, I ignored that message too and moved on with my life. About two weeks later, I got a message that simply said, I'm sorry. I ignored that too. He didn't message me after that and it soon slipped my mind once again. That week, I had a dream about him breaking into my house and attempting to kidnap me. I started thinking about it again, so I tried looking him up on Instagram. He didn't have an Instagram, which I didn't think was too weird because I know some people who only use Facebook, so I tried looking him up on there. He didn't have a Facebook either. Now that was weird, most people have one, or the other if not both. I thought it was so strange that this guy didn't have any form of social media besides Snapchat and Tinder. I wondered if he used a fake name. Then I decided to try one last thing. I searched his name on Google. What I found made my blood run cold. The first thing that came up was an article for his arrest back in January with his mugshot. He was arrested for child pornography. They found several photos of an underage girl on his phone. He was released on bail a few days later. I was absolutely disgusted. This man was a predator and he was free to do as he pleased and prey on younger girls. Now when I think about it, my guess is that he saw I was 18 and thought he could get something from a younger girl without getting in trouble because I'm legally an adult. I'm not stupid enough to send any revealing photos or videos. I'm so glad I stopped being so nice and listened to my gut when things progressed. I don't know what would have happened if I didn't. And I wonder if my dream was a sign for me to look into who he was. It still creeps me out that he was so obsessed with me when I didn't talk to him for a very long at all. So to the creepy tender dude that preys on underage girls, fuck off and let's never meet again.
0: In high school, one of my best friends was a girl that I'll call Susan. She lived with her mom and stepdad out in the middle of nowhere. Even though we were the same age, her parents treated her a lot differently than my parents treated me. For one thing, I was expected to go to driver's training and get a license and a job. I saved enough money working at a fast food job that my parents let me buy a used car. Nothing fancy. I was expected to pay for all of the expenses for it. Susan's parents felt I was a bad influence on her because of my job and my car. Susan wasn't allowed to take driver's training or get a job. After we graduated from high school, I joined the military and lost touch with Susan. In the early 90s, living on my own, my parents called me at work one day and passed along a message that Susan had called and wanted to see me. I was really excited to see her. I loved her like a sister. She said she was staying with her mom and stepdad, and asked if I remembered where they lived. Of course, I told her. We made arrangements for me to pick her up one night. She still didn't have a driver's license. We were going to go to dinner and catch up. The night of our get-together, I drove to her childhood home. I went to the back door of a screened-in porch, and I couldn't help but be a little disturbed or puzzled at what I saw. Stuck to the ceiling were covers of dozens of paperback books. The books hung down from their covers on the ceiling all over the room. On the wall facing the door of the porch, there was a large picture of a half-man, half-goat. It was holding something in its hand, but I don't remember what. There were about ten bowls with candles in them on the floor and on tables, I was taking in all of this when I heard Susan say, Janie, come around here. We don't use that room anymore except for special purposes. I went around to the front door and she let me inside. There were three chairs set up facing the door, and three people were sitting in the chairs. I recognized her mother as one of the people. Her stepfather, wearing nothing but an open bathrobe, was leaning on one side and drooling, There was another woman seated that I didn't recognize. No one introduced me to the other woman. I smiled and said hi to all of them. Susan stood off to the side of the half-circle of seated people. None of the people responded to my greeting. They just stared, unsmiling. No one said anything. They seemed to be evaluating me. I started to get frightened, and I thought to myself... These people could murder me out here, and no one would hear a sound. So I said to Susan, Are you ready to go? She was ready, and we left without incident. We had a nice dinner and a nice visit. I asked her about the room and what it all meant, and she said she didn't want to talk about that. After dinner, I drove her home, but I didn't get out of the car. I couldn't get away fast enough. At work the next day, I was told I had a call from Susan, but it was Susan's mother looking for her. I told her I didn't know where she was. Soon after, and unrelated to this, I moved to a different apartment in a nearby town and got a different job. I never saw Susan again. She reached out to me again on some reunion website, but I never responded. I don't know if they were into devil worship or something else, but... I was really frightened. For a couple of weeks after that, strange things would happen. I'd get phone calls where no one would say anything. I was driving along one day, and a tire flew off a car on the incoming lane and crashed into the windshield of the car behind me. They weren't injured, but I really think it was all connected to the strange happenings in that house.
1: I grew up in a small Scottish village with a population of around 100 people. The village has one shop, one pub, one park, a church, and a graveyard. Our house was even more remote and a 20-minute drive from the epicenter of village life. My weekly entertainment was my dad driving into the village every Sunday night to get shitfaced at the pub and me and my ADHD brother playing in the village forest down the road from this pub. Our dad would get us cans of coke, which was the highlight, and we would run deep into the forest high on sugar, climbing trees, building huts, and just having a great time. We would stay out until it was pitch dark and eventually drag our dad out of the pub. He would never come and retrieve us like he would this whole time. One night, as we were playing in this deep forest, my leg got stuck in some deep, thick mud. I got jammed right up to my knee and I couldn't pull it out, and neither could my big 8-year-old brother. I started to freak out and cry uncontrollably. I thought this was the end of me, I thought I would sink deep into the mud and never be found again. My crying freaked my brother out even more, so he ran back to the pub to get our old man. At this point it was starting to get dark quite fast, and I was still alone with my legs stuck. We were more deep into the forest than usual, so I knew I was going to be alone for a good 15 to 20 minutes. Not a great situation to be in. As I was crying and waiting, in the corner of my eye, I saw someone run towards me. It wasn't from the direction of the pub, but from the deep within the forest. Couldn't make out any major details initially, and the person was blurred. I was hoping my dad would turn up at this point and this new person would probably stop running towards me, but nope. The person got closer, into the field of my vision, and I could make out more details. She was a girl, and looked sort of around my age, six years old. I knew there was something strange about her, though, because she was wearing a dark, gray, 1800s Victorian dress, and I was certain now that she was running straight towards me getting closer every step. She came up to within two meters of me and stopped. My damn legs still stuck in the mud, her eyes locked onto mine. I said hello. No reply, no smile. I just stared deep into those eyes. What's your name? I asked her. Still no reply. Still, her black eyes locked. I didn't think she was a ghost or anything. She just, dead eyed, stared at me for a long time. She moved a little closer and not breaking eye contact. Time moved fast and she simply turned around and sprinted back into the dark woods. Almost immediately after she ran off, my shit-faced dad stumbled into the forest, mumbling and swearing under his breath with my brother following behind. I knew every single kid in that village and had never seen her before. The direction she came from and ran back into was just trees for miles and no one lived there. Her clothing was so weird compared to anything else I had ever seen. The forest was not the kind of place little girls would be running around left alone late into the night. I definitely wouldn't have played in there at night if I didn't have my big brother. I never saw her again in the village or in the forest, but would have loved to know who she was. She was definitely human in my opinion, just a very strange human who was drawn towards my loud crying in distress.
0: I was in California visiting my brother, who went to Pepperdine. So me and my fam are out shopping on this real big street full of amazing stores. The first night, we were on the same street for dinner, and... In fact, we spent a lot of time on that little strip. So, there was a homeless man sitting on the side outside the restaurant, and as we were walking out, my dad gave me a $5 bill to go give to the homeless man. He had white hair and a long beard. He kind of reminded me of Gandalf. I handed him the $5, and he said thanks and nodded, and I smiled and skipped off back to my parents. Well, I started noticing this dude everywhere. Seriously, everywhere. Walking around the hotel parking lot, chilling out on the sidewalk like multiple times throughout the week-long trip. On our last day in Cali, we're back in the same area where I originally encountered the man. We're on the way to our car, but we decide to go into a souvenir store really quick. My parents walked out without me. Being the third child, this is very normal, and I'm not sure if my parents are even aware I exist sometimes. My life is literally the dark sequel of Home Alone. Once I realize my fam is not in the store, I'm walking out of the door trying to catch up. When the Gandalf homeless man grabs me by my shoulder and literally turns my whole body to face him. He looks me straight in the eyes and tells me how beautiful I am. He passes me a piece of paper all folded up and hugs me so tight, that was weird, and then he kissed my neck. Obviously, I knew this was whack, and once I was fully aware of the danger I was in, I untangled myself from him and booked it down the sidewalk to catch up with my parents. As I was struggling to get away from the man, he keeps repeating, Don't show your mom, don't tell your mom, over and over. Like, come on dude, I'm obviously going to tell my mama. Anyways, I run up to my parents and I'm traumatized and they don't even notice. I open up the letter he gave me and it says, I've been watching you. It's been such a pleasure being in your company for the last week. I find your smell and look so appealing, and you're the most captivating person I have ever come across. This was only a tiny fraction of the letter. There was much, much more, front and back. Unfortunately, I never got to read the whole thing because my parents finally noticed that I have this weird, dirty, and crinkled piece of paper, and the look on my face was probably priceless. Anyways, my dad grabs it out of my hand and reads it, but not out loud. He gets about halfway down the paper and then screams, Oh, that's disgusting! and crinkles it back up and throws it aggressively in the trash. I wish I knew what it said, but I know it's probably for the best for me that I don't. There are literally so many questions. Like, how did this guy know my hotel? Because he was in the parking lot. I saw him out the window, wandering around, and the hotel, which was a good while away from where we saw him. How did this dude show up so many times in my week-long trip? Obviously, this was on purpose. Did he know it was my last night, and that's why he felt the need to give me a letter? Is he even homeless, or is he actually just a creepy stalker that likes to prowl the streets for a new child to stalk? Who knows... Guess we never will.
1: Hey, I'm new here, so if I make a mistake writing, I apologize in advance. English is also not a great language for me, so there may be some mistakes. Mostly, I want to share with you one little creepy encounter with one unknown man. I was ten years old when I was walking home from school. It was during the day, streets full of people and cars, when you would at least expect someone to kidnap you. Suddenly a man appears behind me. He was wearing a blue and black tracksuit. He followed me to my building, but as I was small and didn't notice it, some danger until he stopped me in front of the entrance and offered me chewing gum. I refused because the chewing gum was not open and he held them in his hand. It wasn't until later I realized that it might not have been chewing gum, but some drug. But when I refused, he offered me again, but I ignored him, and I was already anxious heading up to the stairs to my apartment. Knowing I was home alone, I was scared. I started screaming and crying as loud as I could. I started sc- screaming and crying i started screaming and crying as loud as i could the man ran away quickly and haven't seen him since i know i'm stupid to bring him back to my apartment but then that encounter wasn't as creepy as later on when i realized what could have happened if i had taken the chewing gum
0: A few weeks ago, I was coming back home around 11.30pm. I have to cross a bridge in order to do so. Naturally, around this time, there's close to no one crossing it. I'm always very cautious of my surroundings. Small girl here, but we all have to keep an eye out just in case. And whenever I'm walking at night, I check if there's people walking behind me, how many, women, man, and make a mental note on how close they are to me. As I started to cross the bridge, I checked. There was only one guy walking at a pretty decent distance. I kept walking normally, about a minute later I get that feeling of someone looking at you and getting close. So, I turned to check one more time. Now, there's another guy behind, and closer to me than I'd like him to be at that time of the night, being by myself. I start to pick up my pace just to be cautious, As I'm about to finish the bridge, I still feel him walking very close, so I decide to go inside the convenience store that's right across the end of the bridge and spend a few minutes in there until he's gone. I walk around for a while. After three to five minutes, I check the door, and he's just outside the store, not doing anything, just standing there. I get kind of creeped out. I decide to keep strolling around and buy some things. Ten minutes later... I decide it's time to go home since it's getting pretty late, but I still see him outside, so as soon as I get out, I stand there and do as if I was attending a call. He's looking at me and I really don't want to walk home by this time because it's a lonely road and, well, it just doesn't feel like the smart thing to do. I hang up and just check my phone. He comes by and the conversation goes like this. Hi, how are you? Uh, do you study here? Work? I study in this country, clearly a foreigner. Hi, good. Uh, yes, I do. Good. Why'd you, uh, choose to come here to study? Do you live close by? I like it here, and yes, I do. Good. Where do you study? Can I practice my English with you? Give me your ID number so we can meet up and chat. And this is to add me on the instant message app used here. Now, I'm terrible when it comes to saying no to people, even when I'm feeling uncomfortable. It's a bad trait, I know, but I'm working on it. I completely ignore the where-do-I-study question. Yeah, sure. I give him my ID. Well, I have to go. It's very late. Goodbye. Then he adds me, great. I look forward to seeing you again. Sure. Bye. As I turn around and slowly start walking to my house, I look back to see in which direction he is walking, and see that he is crossing the bridge. So, he went out of his way to come and talk to me, the tiny girl, in the middle of the night. Now, I'm not saying his intentions were not genuine, or he meant bad, but it was just very odd. I don't think it's the best idea to follow anyone around so late at night and wait for them to be outside the nice lit convenience store to ask for English practice or whatever it is they want. It would have been ten times less creepy if he just came inside the store and did so. Any thoughts? I live in a safe country, but one must always be careful, huh? Anyway, take care, guys.
1: When I was 19, I picked up a job at Denny's until I could get hired at a video store during the holidays and hopefully stay on there. If you don't know what Denny's is, it's a lot like a pancake house. There were three managers, assistant manager, a creepy late 60s dude, would find any reason to touch me or rub up on me. He would deliberately squeeze behind me at the register station because it was a tight squeeze. One day, the dude followed me into the stockroom while I went to grab a box of something, and he shut the door. He cornered me, and one of the cooks I complained to about him walked in and told me a customer was asking for me. I shot out of there really quick. If he hadn't seen him follow me, who knows what would have happened. He made me feel like showering every fucking time he touched me and he liked to touch my hair. He could tug on my ponytails, needless to say. I worked there for a total three months and then I hauled ass on out. I didn't even give notice. I walked in the next day I was supposed to work and just gave them my uniform and left. I wish I would have said something to one of the other managers but I was young and dumb. I hope he never did this to anyone else.
0: Alright friends, I hope you enjoyed this collection of creepy encounter stories. A huge thank you once again to Curious Raven for being in this video, I really do appreciate it. I again think she does a fantastic job. She's really good at this. She's moving more into true crime stuff, which is really cool to me because as you all know, I do Raven Investigates and I haven't done one of those in a while, but she's doing that and uh, check that out. Do see how she does her stuff because again, it's really good and she's still fairly new to the scene and I think she could, again, grow really well if she just keeps going and I hope she does. So thank you again, Curious Raven. Thank you to all the Redditors that let us read their stories and a huge thank you to all of you who listened to this video. If you did enjoy this and would like more content like this, hit that subscribe button the bell icon next to it. You can also follow me on all social media platforms, Reddit, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all those. And you can support the channel through Patreon or coffee, if you so choose, all optional, all of it appreciated. One last pitch for Curious Raven. If you did enjoy, please go to the links down below in the description, find her channel, listen to a couple of her videos, and subscribe if you like what you hear. All that said, friends, I hope you have a beautiful day, and I will see you on the next video, but until then, sleep well.